Welcome back to the Delia Dad Podcast here on episode number 79. We are in episode 79, Pops, here on a beautiful Monday early afternoon, mid-afternoon, as we're approaching 4 o'clock our time here at Corpus Christi in my super amazing uh, 4x4 office space <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we got going on here. But nonetheless, Dad, welcome to the podcast. It's a 4x6. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's great, though. It's great. It's a great place to have a, a podcast, too. Yes. It's very, it's very closed. Um, we got we got mom. We got both moms in the house. Yeah. Um, here on my right behind me, picture of Our Lady of of Guadalupe, and of course we have mom and her CD. We got verse of the day, saints of the day. We got a calendar that has yet to be filled. Um, all these things. We even have an open door concept right now. We have, we we have an open door concept. We forgot to close it. Yeah, whoever walks in walks in. That's fine. Not a problem. We got books. We got a guitar. We got the whole works done. 79 episodes that we've journeyed together. And it feels like as if we just started last week. There you go. But then also it feels like we haven't done anything in over a year. <laughs> well, we've been able to, to be catching up on what we were behind. Um, praise God, we're pretty much at the half point. Um, and it's exciting because, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things to come. But for right now, 79 for me is very important because that's a year that I graduated Woo! in 1979. I wish I had a recording of that Martin Tiger theme song. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, I'll be honest. I used to have it, but I don't know what happened to it. Uh, it's, well, it's one of my, it's actually one of my favorite fight songs. Yeah, I, and I, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. But, um, <laughs> well, first is Cigarroa, like the fight song, the, the, the traditional uh Yes. Bolero fight, you know, fight song that comes out with the trumpet stuff, the solo. Um, but yeah, I've always been a big fan since high school. I've always been a big fan of, of the Martin High School. It has such animo. <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's so good. It's so good. And, and sorry, Nixon. But um, it's one of those things where uh, I would love to hear it, but never when they scored. <laughs> you know, the, the entrance was good enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that I I do take away. And then I love their colors. I wish we had those colors. But you know, you throw a little bit of gold in there, perfect. Yeah, well, it's a different story now. It's a different story, exactly. But nonetheless, that episode seventy nine here on Lunas de Fe, we got a big topic that we're gonna get to just kind of break down something that you mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Um, and so I kind of just toss it over to you and kind of like help us understand what we're gonna be talking about today. Of course, of course, and thank you. Uh, and once again. Um, as Beto has mentioned, we're still here in Corpus Christi, and um, now that um, we're we're moving into the month of June, because this particular podcast number uh, seventy nine, uh, this episode is for June the sixth, and um, as we enter the month of June, uh, the month of Sacred Heart, um, this Lunes de Fame. One of the things I wanted to touch based on was um, we have completed. We have completed the journey of the listening sessions for the Synod that uh, the Holy Father has asked us and, and we as the Dice of Laredo, at least in the area of the actual um, Southern uh, Deanery, we have complied. We have been able to visit all eight parishes and they have been extraordinary uh, on, on 
their response. We have had wonderful numbers in attendance. Uh, there's been others that have been a little bit um, on, on the poor side, but there's a reason for it. Uh, always, everybody's welcome. And nevertheless, um, we do have um, a conclusion. And, and, and now that we've been able to put everything together formally, we have passed it on to the proper people that are going to gather this information and then Bishop will be taking care of um, sending it to the Nuncio and the Nuncio will now send all this material over to the Vatican. But those listening sessions, wow, amazing. I mean, one of the things that we were trained uh, to do, and, and again, I was part of... Um, the southern deanery of the Diocese of Laredo, that we have four deaneries that make up the Diocese of Laredo. But <clears throat> one of the things that we did here, and we, we, I was under the leadership of um, Deacon uh, Miguel Vallarta and uh, under the uh, leadership of uh, Deacon Ramiro Garza Ram. And um, great partnership, and I, I thank them for their um, leadership in, in wanting to get out there and, and, and do what we were instructed to do, trained to do. We were there to listen. Yeah. Part of us wanted to, to share, you know, to answer those questions and, and we were asked not to uh, because we, we needed to actually just listen. We are there for those listening sessions and um, the community, they had two questions they had to deal with. And those two questions, uh, they had given them a, a time frame for it so they they had question one and they had to kind of be writing everything down to kind of uh, answer it turn the page over and question two in pretty much the same format answer it the best way they could and sharing everything down in writing without talking so we had moments of silence and we had a lot of people thinking and uh, there was you know going going through it and uh, it was wonderful to, to witness but then there, there's a, 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 a part uh, immediately after the, the time sequence for question one and two for them to answer in writing. We were um, now given uh, the participants um, 10 different um, ideas, 10 different uh, suggestions, 10 different um, goals that uh, would kind of uh, introduce what would be the best thing to do on answering the questions a little bit better um, in, in action. And what we had to do, we had to break down the, the number of people into very smaller groups. And uh, they had to kind of get these 10 ideas, read them, uh, have them listen to them, and then being able to share with what they had written down what would be the best two out of the 10 and they had another handout to where which was the first one and which was the second best. You know, the first best and the second best out of the ten. And it was amazing how that open dialogue. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, and, and how important that was for the participants. And, you know, we were there just listening and making sure that they were following through in case they had questions, just redirect them. But... It was amazing how all of this came to be, and, and, and I applaud the uh, the Vatican uh, on, 
putting this together. I applaud. Uh, we got a lot of the material from the Archdiocese of San Antonio and, and how they facilitated for us to be able to do this. Um, I applaud you know, Bishop Tamayo on, on taking us through this direction because I saw the fruits. I saw the, the awakening. And I mean, we woke up a sleeping giant. I honestly feel so open to that, uh, that we did that. And, and when I say we, it's because I listened to that. Mm-hmm. I listened to what, how the sleeping giant started to speak. And yeah, we, we have a lot of things that need a lot of improvement. Oh, definitely. And it starts with me. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a lot of improvement on that. But we also have a lot of good. Yeah. We have a lot of good that we um, we ought to recognize and we ought to celebrate what we have as good. And many times because we don't celebrate it or because we don't talk about it, um, we don't give wave that many times we already have something good that is the answer to our need. And in the listening sessions, oh, that came to me. And sometimes they were saying, well, you said this and it answers this. We were lacking about asking that we wanted this, and you're talking about, here's the answer for it. And it was incredible how in, in those little small discussion groups, them listening to each other and sharing the um, uh, things that they had uh, among them, they, they had the question, but they also had the answer. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing that for them, it was a, a discovery saying, man, we, didn't we need to talk about this? Yeah. And, and how true... Um, the vision of, of, of Pope Francis had for us to do this, and and I applaud once again this this Senate process because uh, it's going to take us to something very important. And, and again, if, if here just in the southern dinnery of the diocese of Laredo, we have woken up this sleeping giant. Well, it's incredible how that can be done, you know, in a more open scale. Uh, in the Catholic Church, in the Catholic faith. And I'm hoping to see the results of that. But um, one of the things that um, came to light almost in every single parish of the Southern Dinnery in the Dice of Laredo was the need of attending to the young people. That was almost a, a number one concern. adults that we had there they wanted to make sure that you know look at us there were some parishes that not a single young person was was there present and what I mean by that there were no teenagers there were no no young adults I believe in in, in a couple of even three parishes that expressed that look look around us I think that um without wanting to kind of disrespect or kind of offend anybody, the youngest person was in their 40s, okay? But yet, 40s and up, they were talking about the importance of the young people, okay? We did have some parishes that they did have the presence of young people, and it was very, you know, interesting how, given the opportunity for the young people to share their concerns, their openness of what they wanted to see in the church. Yeah. And 
we had to actually listen, and, and sometimes we we forget how to do that yeah. that listening factor. And it was amazing how, um, to me, I, I was just so you know at all mm-hmm. because it was incredible what I was listening to and the way they were participating and the way this came about. Um, I, that I, I, I had to say to Bishop, you know, I told Bishop, Bishop, I hope that um, every pastor is given some type of an insight as to what their community said. I know that somebody's going to be taking care of all of this data, what have you. But I wish that the the dean of, let's say, the Southern Deanery that we, we, we served, he is given what, you know, of all his his parishes under the dinnery, you know, um, they said, mm-hmm. they encouraged, they, they proclaimed that they needed that they wanted because it's going to help this diocese, you know, to move to the right direction. Yeah. And um, Bishop was very grateful that, you know, I, I had to share that a little bit with him. But at the same time, um, the priest... Uh, that, that were present uh, they wanted to kind of go in there but they he also wanted to have the freedom that um, I don't want to be an obstacle in, in their openness yeah. um, I'll come in and say hi and, and it was very good and then they would get out there were other priests that wanted to be there with the people and they did that you know um, so it was very rewarding to, to see that but again um, I bring it up and, 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 I, and, and I'm here in a youth minister's office <laughs> okay and and based on what I experienced personally first hand the need of our young people to um, be attended to be cared for under the Catholic Church so in, in your experience that you have been doing here um, not only at a parish level um, for teenagers and for young adults but also you've been given the opportunity to um, again after your experience of working in Catholic schools here too being involved with kids in, in, in Catholic school so um, what are you listening um, that young people are asking from the Catholic Church oh man I mean a lot of things to be honest um, one of the things a common theme that I've noticed because I also forget that I'm also a young adult you know yeah. I forget that I'm in that group um, one of the things at least that I can say that I've been seeing and I've noticed and even watching just you know how people interact how, how they speak and what they long for from not just here in this parish but those who've come in to our studies um, that are from outside parishes um, and even friends of mine that live up in Ohio you know we've all kind of well I've been able to kind of network and kind of just kind of pick their brains and their hearts as to what we what we need and a lot of it has to do or a lot of what is being drawn to them is the beauty of the church the beauty of the church in its simplistic the way uh, and I actually talked to Father RJ this morning about it 
the way our churches how they look when you walk in and you can sense heaven like those the just being transported and being invited to something bigger than yourself and so when it comes to that it all comes together in the eucharist being able to simply recognize the one whom we believe on is also the one whom we feed on and that this reality of of our faith that makes us so dis- distinct and different from every other faith is the fact that our god would humble himself in the form of bread and wine and he makes himself accessible and available and present you know to you and to me and to all of us and so the young people that i've heard that i would talk to we just right you know in in our case we we've just wrapped up our 10 part series called parousia the bible and the mass in which parousia means present you know and we took a dive a deep dive into the mass where's the mass in the bible and revealing that the mass is all about scripture you know throughout the entire mass and so for us that has been a kind of like our journey a, a, taking a deeper dive into the mass into the liturgy into recognizing this is beyond me this is not just about me you know and yet god in his goodness um helps us recognize that if he had to do these things again he would do it just for me you know what i mean and so that's what we've been able to kind of like experience together and just recognizing a a a love for Christ in the Eucharist having that love that deep reverent for the Eucharist and helping us better understand and better witness to it you know because of how much kind of society tells us how who God is or rather if he even exists and who we ought to be rather than who we actually are which is sons and daughters of God and so just kind of making that known making that present um and talking about these things um it's been very helpful for us as 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 young adults to be kind of like on the same page that it's the eucharist that brings us together in which you know right now uh, i think it's uh, nationwide in our in diocese in the united states where they're going through this three year period of this eucharistic revival you know kind of like helping us embrace and re-understand not just what is the eucharist but rather who is the eucharist right um and we just had our our eucharistic congress a couple weeks ago that the diocese of corpus christi put out and for the first time i actually heard the story of the the naming of the cathedral and i believe it was i want to say it was either i don't want to botch it cuz i was supposed to be paying attention um <laughs> I want to say well first of all Pope Pius X gave birth to this this diocese uh but I want to say it was Pope Pius XII if I'm not mistaken where the bishop from from Corpus Christi uh made his way with his uh every 5 year visit um I forget that there's a special name for it um but that he went and he would talk about the construction of the cathedral and that originally they wanted to name it St. Patrick's Cathedral because that was like their thing and the pope is like no do you recognize that you're the only corpus christi 
named diocese in the world. It will be named Corpus Christi Cathedral, period. End of discussion. And so this reality that we live in the city called the body of Christ, that's what enables us to be. That's what enables us to actually be one with Christ. Um, And so, yeah, one of the things that we're just learning is just desiring, striving for, longing for this deep oneness with Christ in the Eucharist. And how that's lived out in our lives has a lot to do with how we worship. And that w- that's what separates us from every other religion and every other branch of Christianity that we actually believe that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And when we treat it as such, we get to recognize whom we kneel before. As St. Maximilian Kobe says, when you kneel before Christ in the Eucharist, kneel in such a way that those who see you recognized whom you're needing before and that changes everything yes. you know and i had a chance to this past week we were i had a chance to dive into the, the with the kiddos this week they had uh their famous vbs but it wasn't vacation bible school it was vocation bible school okay and one of the days um father was supposed to give a presentation but he couldn't because he was out in the hospitals you know going through the anointing of the sick with some patients and so they asked me to go in and and explain to them a couple of things and I was sharing with them you know what what the chasuble was the alb the cincture what, what does it mean and then so is the chalice right the paul um the corporal like all like what the priest uses the cruets and all those things and just helping them dive deeper into the mass you know in that very brief explanation and yet one thing that we did recognize is you know what, how we're supposed to approach Christ in the Eucharist when we genuflect. Basically, the bending of the knee, right. which is three things that Father Mike put really beautifully exactly. that I think comes yeah, from mm-hmm. St. Ignatius of of, uh, a, uh, of Loyola, where he says, we genuflect in humility. But we're saying that you're God and I'm not, you know. Right. We genuflect in service, that you are my king and I'm here to serve you. And we genuflect in love of him where we ask him may i love you now and all the days of my life and so i've, I've kind of incorporated that in my own prayer life so whenever i genuflect in my mind and in my heart i'm saying in humility may i serve you and love you all the days of my life i want to believe that that's you let my faith increase in you that may you may increase and i may decrease right or that famous help my unbelief you know and it's all, it's, it all stems from that. So we all like are in consensus. Like We all agree. Like All the young adults agree that the Eucharist is the most... Yeah, it is indeed the source and summit of our faith. And so we have to be living in such a way that we believe that to be true. And same is true with how we worship. Same is true with how we prepare ourselves for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. How we are able to simply recognize whom we believe and whom we serve and whom we love. Yeah. And, and there's a moment where there is a a good understanding of that. But how can we bring that moment to reality to our young people? Because um, since the very beginning, many times we as parents, we start with 
pretty much, uh, at least in our culture, in our Hispanic culture, um, with certain messages that are not conducive to that. Pórtate bien porque se va a enojar el padrecito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> sometimes even getting into mass, um, there is a time to... Y vale más que te portes bien. Okay, si no, no te voy a comprar esto, no te voy a llevar esto. Not telling the true story of it. So, what I'm bringing up is that many times um, we don't teach to that source. Yeah. We don't we don't nurture to that source, and then we have the most common thing in our in, in our culture that, ay, qué bueno que este puerquito hizo la comunión. Así ya no tenemos que ir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, we, we, we fall apart into that when um, we have created that problem. Mm-hmm. So the question is now, how can we find a solution to this problem? How can we undo what is being done? How and, and, and yeah, they say through education, to the process of formation, to the to the process of making it clear to them. But when can we get them to that? And I think a lot of times our default is when it comes to at least families that I've learned many times they want to control the crying kid by giving them a tablet by giving them something to be entertained while they're in mass and that's the worst thing you can possibly do because then they're no longer attentive to what's going on even if they're crying even if they're you know and then I get it like it it can be embarrassing yet at the same time that's the most beautiful sound of the church in any church because that means there's growth in the church there's growth in the parish so to hear the sound of babies to hear the sound of cries to hear the sound of laughter from little ones that's a good sign and no one should be frustrated or bothered or distracted by those things because that is a sign of life literally and that is a sign of goodness and so I would just I would just take a moment to encourage moms and dads out there that when they take their little ones to mass take them to mass first of all and actually, when you're there, don't worry about what happens. Let the kid be. But also teach the kid what's going on, you know, regardless of, of, of how. It's never too early, you know, that it's never too early to talk to your, to your little ones about Christ. Um, and that's one thing I've just been able to kind of be a witness to. Um, just, you know, we have a lot of families here at Moses' Blood and they, they, they take their families. And it's good to see big families again. Like, they make our family look small, which yeah. is weird, you know? And uh, sometimes I'm like, ah, I guess, okay, you know? But at the same time, just recognizing that they're all present, you know? They're going together as a family. They're, they're, they're there. They're witnessing to truth, goodness, and beauty. And yeah, I've been able to see a lot of that. And just, I don't know, there's a lot of hope in that. Um, and so that, that would be like the first step I believe to helping enrich the faith life of the kid. I remember when, again, I was up at the altar, and your mom was there at the choir, guiding the choir. Part of you guys were those that could serve were serving on the altar with me. Others were there with a tambourine or doing the sibling responsibility of taking care of the little one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
you remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it was because they were close to the mic and they were close to the actual music ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, they were involved. Mm-hmm. They were present. Yeah. Okay? No crying room. We didn't have a crying room. Well, kind of. And, and until, until, until it was built like a chapel or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, back in... Uh, oh, yeah. in the back, the yeah. back side, yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. Oh, in my back, never, yeah, yeah. But it, it had a capacity of what? Five people? Five and people, full. exactly. Okay. So, um, yes, and, and growing up, um, you were ex- all of you were exposed to being involved. Yeah. And I think that by giving them that tablet that you mentioned, that little toy that notebook or perhaps a coloring book um, you're you're prohibiting and, and, and the thing is that you know uh, I, I'm sorry to, to sound harsh but and this is we as, as adults as parents and sometimes no queremos batallar no ni voy even to that point I, I just I don't want to deal with this I'd just rather don't go he gets uh, older or when she gets older really yeah yeah and how about you exactly you know so um, there, there's a lot of things that we kind of opened up with uh, the listening sessions because all these things they came about they were part of the conversation they were part of the table discussion there and, and how to treat that and, and we all are responsible to help uh, give a helping hand you mentioned about the um, uh, the bishops needing to go every five years. Th- that's their uh, ad limina visit. Yeah, and, there we and, go. And in doing so, I remember how when I was working uh, under Bishop DeMaio um, as his administrative assistant and part of the Diocese of Laredo, um, those visits required a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of data, and sent everything uh, to the Vatican in advance before his visit. So by the time the, the bishop would visit, um, that reporter was there and he had to get some feedback mm-hmm. on it. But in, in, in reporting, we're reporting all the growth of the diocese. Yeah. What has transpired in the five, five years? You know, what new thing we have? How many people um, has the baptisms grown? Yeah. Have the communion numbers grown? Have the marriages grown? All that data is, is, is gathered from every single parish and now accumulated into one diocese. So those visits were very, um, yeah, there's a report on it, but very enriching because now you could scale like, okay, look how this one is doing, look how this other parish is doing. And it's data that um, is very helpful. Yeah. You know, in, in the world of education, data-driven is such a big issue. Yeah. and importance and, and to us here it's an opportunity to also um, data driven from this listening sessions of the Senate is going to be um, a new opening hopefully uh, after the Holy Father takes action on it mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah I think that um, for us uh, at least in the southern dinnery that they talked about uh, young people being a big concern um, we will hopefully, you know, break it down, break it down to how um, we as a church can help each other and attend that need mm-hmm. because it, it is important. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think that Jesus' words um, kind of echo into this. And I know that um, Saint um, John Paul II, he really emphasized on the importance of young people, and that's why we have you know, World Youth Day. But Jesus on the cross, okay, um, in sharing his mother the way he did, Yeah, St. John. They do a um, Behold your mother. Mm-hmm. Behold your son. Mm-hmm. I mean, que mas quieres? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Que mas quieres? And I think that to me, on that moment, um, how Jesus addresses the young people and to the young person who is the only one there, um, taking care of his mother. So that love right there is mutual. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking that um, when they, you know, so many times that our Blessed Mother has appeared in different capacities in different places, always uh, the, the emphasis of that prayer life, that rosary life. And we have heard it time and time again, but it has come to the point that we're not listening to it. So um, let us be more open to listening mm-hmm. and to take action. Um, not too long ago, we talked about how important it was just to listen to this one parent or one idea. Yeah. And from a simple way of learning one or two ways to comb the hair of a, you know, of a daughter, it came to that precious moment of bonding and making that love grow tremendously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. On that note, um, this listening sessions for the Synod has been so rewarding. And I know that throughout the diocese, other, other dinneries have done the same. And they have also grown tremendously. And they have a lot of information. I'm just hoping that we take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. We actually have had ours here. Um, I, I know the, our, our, the Newman Center here at Corpus Christi. I remember them posting that they had their meetings Um they had their inputs and everything and you know again just kind of once we all get together you know the young adults we kind of like start talking about these things the importance of, of what we not just want but what we need you know and, and we all like recognize those things as to how we can better improve the church and, and yeah it's just it, it's something that's come alive and, and I know for me like I'm kind of like on, on that discovery process as well and you know, there's been a lot of new things that I have, have, I've myself have encountered and then it started like three years ago, you know, with, with my buddy Jacob and then just kind of participating in, in, in his wedding. And, and I had never, uh, again, just the way we see certain things and the way we worship and the way, and, and diving into the faith, the many different rites that we have, um, they have the, like the, 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 the Byzantine rite, the Chaldean, the like all these different rites that we have in the church, but we're all still like one church. And it's, it's just so cool that just learning more of these things um, has kind of opened my eyes, you know, and my own discovery. And then, of course, just kind of, again, just um, being able to be more intentional with 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 prayer life, being be more intentional with um, being at mass and being more intentional with uh, recognizing who is before me in the Eucharist, 
um, that's been a big plus. And there's just, yeah, it's just so much that has been helpful. And I think uh, we're on pace, we're on track to kind of get these things kind of unfolded. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a good journey. It's been a good journey. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an exciting one, but I think it's one of discovery. And it, again, at the end of the day, it's just this big old love story, you know. Right. This and, big and, old love story. And it, it requires also to work at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it requires for you that dedication, that time, and of course that effort to actually listen and then respond uh, to that love that way. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that um, we we move ahead to something more positive and hopefully we get that around. Yeah, and so... There you go. That's that's uh, our Lunes Fe podcast commemorating June 6, June 6 uh, of 2022, and it's episode 79.